Empty backfield after motion. First down of the Bucks. 15. 10 seconds to go. CJ gets the snap. CJ looking, throwing to the end zone. Yes! 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 With the reception. Rock and roll. My goodness. What a comeback. Go Kooks. That is the defining moment of the welcome to Houston, CJ Stroud. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. And a welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside a very uh, lively Matthew Berry Stephen and Jay Croucher. Stephen told me to look alive, <laughs> yeah. which makes me feel like moments before we open up the show that I was looking dead. So there, would a dead person do this or this? Back to the Karate Kid. It's like when C.D. Lamb yesterday did that when he was a yard short of the first down, which I enjoyed. Otherwise, right. a great game from C.D. Or when, um, was, it, uh, was it Joe Burrow that did that? On yeah. the, oh, no, Josh Allen. Josh yeah, Allen did that. Oh. Yeah, just did that on the way into the, in the 15 yards. Yeah. He, he did it again. Well, got ejected. It's, it's so, st- uh, right, be unbelievable. Like, it's so, like, hey, we'd like you to risk your lives on every <laughs> single play, but don't be mean to the other players. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing? It's like, this ridiculous. is tackle football. Yeah. It's th- tackle football. Yeah. I think you should get flags if you don't taunt. I thank you. Yes. Yeah. Josh Allen should do that. A hundred percent. Like, that's all he did was point at a guy? Yeah. No, I ain't And stop. barely. I it wasn't even that aggressive. No. I, just, I love the Tyreek Hill wave. More of that. Yeah. More waving. More waving, more pointing, more, more thrusting more of body parts. More calling people out in the media. I yes. Yeah, more conflict. Yes, exactly. More yelling at yeah, at sideline reporters. <laughs> right. hundred percent. Yes. All of that. Let's make it like of it. pro wrestling. Like, a content machine yes, in the NFL. 100%. We should, uh, we should do all of that. Still wasn't the most egregious call from yesterday. What oh was boy. your favorite, Matthew? I know where you're going. It, w- it was the roughing the passer penalty on Washington. Oh, I mean, what? Well, no, no one watched that game, Matthew. That, <laughs> and I thought it was going to say the one against Joe Burrow. The, Joe Burrow was bad. Listen, the, the Joe Burrow one was bad. The Josh Allen was, one was bad. There was one, I think, on – was it Brandon Cook? Somebody like – no, it was Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown ran a route – and got called for offensive pass interference. It was like the most, like, he's running a route. Another hard-to-watch game, yeah. by the way. Um, but, no, there was one where literally Mac Jones had the ball. <sighs> had the ball, and he gets sacked. Like, again, just in the most normal sack, it, like, he goes up high, he was no like head-to-head. Like, right, he, like, it to me, to the, the this untrained eye, it was a textbook tackle. Perfect. It was as, like, that's how you teach it to be done. He didn't aggressively force him to the ground. He didn't try to pile drive him. He quickly got up, right, 15 yards. I mean, it was like, it was like, even, even like, even Dean Blandino, who is, you know, normally like the ex-refs are like, well, blah, blah, <laughs> They know. really got this one right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. They, they, you know, they try to cover for their former colleagues and yeah. friends. Even Dean Blandino was like, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't, I don't but, see that uh, one. The worst one by far was the Josh Allen intentional grounding when he was trying to oh, score. Yes. At the end of the oh, yeah, that was brutal. Like, too. How, just like use logic. Why would he throw it away in that situation? Yes. Like, right, he, did, he wasn't under pressure. And he, if you and, the, and Chris Consworth brought this up on the on the podcast on the show uh, on the broadcast, which is like Gabe Davis was still running his route yeah. when he released exactly. it, and then Gabe Davis stopped. You know, and just clearly they were on the wrong page. Uh, in terms of what the route was supposed to be, but like, <laughs> best to be an intentional part 
of intentional grounding. Anyway, anyway. Anyway, we digress from player news. Rotoworld.com, player news, Connor Rogers. Your job is to keep us on track, and you've done a poor job. That's right. Hey, listen, so one far. weekend for everybody. For all your Rotoworld player news, go to NBCSports.com. And you heard the intro of the show, C.J. Stroud, with a monster day. Completed 30 of his 42 passes for 470 yards and five touchdowns. You guessed it, Matthew. C.J. Stroud finishes the weekend and goes into Monday Night Football as the QB1 in fantasy right now with over 41 points. He made the love list this week. Um, uh, we liked him quite a bit. I had him as a top 10 play going into the week. Even I, Barry Stramas, did not <laughs> see this one. coming. That's not correct. <laughs> I'm, I'm workshopping it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still Keep workshopping it. Put it, back yeah. in the, put it back in the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ready. Maybe lock the doors and close with the holidays. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, so we, you know, listen, C.J. Stroud, it's, it, look, here's the thing about it. <laughs> this is something that was going on on Twitter. So you hate to get somebody to catch strays, but the truth of the matter is, is that C.J. Stroud, you know, just eight games into his NFL career, whatever it is, now has more career touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Uh, which is, that was <laughs> poor just, Kenny. Poor Kenny. He's probably chasing three. Zach Wilson. Kenny's five yeah, three. Three. Probably has more than Zach Wilson. He's chasing You're absolutely right. Yeah, they're close. Um, he had more fantasy points a week nine than his previous three games combined. You mentioned the number one. Like, it's an NFL rookie record for passing yards in a game. And I think what's most impressive to me is, is that, like, the style of throws. You can talk about this better oh, than man, I can. But, like, insane. these were absolute dimes. These were bullets. This wasn't, this wasn't, like, BS, you know, Blake Bortles down by 40 points junk time. Like, this was a win against a good team. Uh, that has played well. I, I, Blake Bodle's catching strides as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just never know who's going to get. <laughs> well, well, the fact, I mean, again, like Blake Bortles, was, Blake Bortles was a top 10 fantasy quarterback for a number of years, and, and a lot of it was junk time. Uh, but this was this was all done within game script and, like, just every possible throw, short, medium, long, like, he was all over the field, Connor. He's awesome. And what you saw yesterday is really shade. Why you see the ceiling of Stroud is Joe Burrow levels, right? That's what you see, being throwing with timing, throwing with accuracy, precision, an elite pocket passer, but he's got enough twitch and athleticism to make plays when he has to in and out of the pocket as well. And, I mean, the weapons for the Texans have been good with him as well. You see the chemistry. You see the rapport, Jay. I mean, Shroud is every bit as legit as they could have hoped for and more at this point. He's looking like the best quarterback in this class and one of the better young quarterbacks in the league at this point. I think the key thing with Stroud is that there is a huge disparity where when he is kept clean, he's close to the best quarterback in football. And that was college He's been him. an absolute monster. And I think back as well to uh, the college football playoff semifinal against Georgia last year where when he was kept clean, he was just absolutely untouchable in terms of the throws that he was making. And in this game as well, he had time. And he said to his offensive lineman, uh, going into that last drive, just give me a bit more time and I'll make them pay. Uh, and sure enough, he made them pay. And he's got weapons. I mean, Tank Dell's magnificent. Nico Collins is just rock steady. And then uh, my man, Dalton Schultz, yeah, uh, Schultz. Has, has risen from the ashes and is now a very viable fantasy tight end. Since week five, he's the third best tight end in fantasy. <laughs> he's got a 28% target share over that stretch. Uh, he's been he's been somebody that they look for quite a bit in the end zone. We've talked about Nico Collins a lot, but one of us has been talking about Tank Dell since the preseason. Since the preseason. Go ahead, Stephen, roll the tape. Roll the tape here. <laughs> you got to sit with Tank Dell a couple months ago, and he talked about his relationship with C.J. Stroud before they even got to training camp. Take yeah, a this listen. Is, yeah, this is at the NFLPA rookie premiere. That's a great guy. That's my guy. Um... 
Man, CJ, we've been we've been with each other every day since we um since he came to Houston. You know, I've been there. I told him I wanted to play with him. He told me he wanted to play with me. So you know, we just tried to make it happen, and it worked out for us. I said all preseason we that's we played that tape multiple times. Tank Dell is going to be a thing this year. Well, that time is right now. I that feel was like... that was September 25th. Yeah. And so I'm calling back to September 25th when on September 25th I was calling back to the preseason. So just very meta here, but I am victory lapping my victory lap in case you're curious what's going on here. Well, That's what I'm actually doing. You, don't just, you, don't, you didn't just talk about Tank Dell. Now you talk about you talking about Tank Correct. Dell. It's like Inception. It's a yes. dream within a dream. 100%. What's the quote? You what's real a, or what's yeah, not real? You want to take a leap of faith or die an old man filled with regret or just talk about Tank Dell all the time, basically. I'm going to talk about Tank Dell all the time. <laughs> Tank Dell uh, is going to be a thing, has been a thing, is currently a thing as well. Somehow still available in 52% of leagues. Well, he won't, like, yeah, he, be, he won't, he, he won't be anymore. Again, this is legit. It's his third different game this year with 20 more fantasy points. He's had three games this year with seven or more targets, 25.1 fantasy points. When he gets fed, he eats. And the expectation here, now that he's fully back, he's fully healthy, he's going to continue to get... Um, a bunch of targets from his buddy, his close pal, his amigo, C.J. Stroud. That was what the clip was, was him and Tank. Tank and C.J. talking about the fact that, like, when Tank Dell, who played college ball in Houston, literally, like, just down the road from where the Texans play their games, like, when C.J. Stroud got to town, he's just like, let me show you wherever, like, show you the, you know, here's where you, sh- here's the best dry cleaner. Here's the, <laughs> here's the best Chinese food. Like, whatever, you know, here's, here's Houston. Drove around and they just hung out. Every day, all day. The other thing that's crazy about Stroud is that the numbers are eye-popping. He threw the ball 42 times, which is a nice amount, but it's not like one of those, like, he threw it 55 times or something like that. Like, that's 30, he was 30 of 42. You know what I mean? Sometimes you see these big numbers and you're like, yeah, they threw it, it was, he was 30 for 55, you know, 30 of 42. He, he didn't throw it a ton, and he was efficient, but just the big plays were there constantly. And obviously, Tank Dell's a big piece of that, as is, uh, as is Nico Collins. I just want to mention real quickly that Noah Brown, very quiet for deeper leagues, now has a 15% target share in three of the four games he's played this year. I think you've seen Noah Brown's best game of the year. I definitely think he's third on the pecking order of those wide receivers, Nico and Tank Dell. But I do think, again, if you're in a Michael Smith crazy 20-team league, you know, I mean, like if you're one of those deeper leagues, I do think Noah Brown is um, is kind of uh, kind of interesting here. I mean, he's six for one fifty three and a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, insane. right? I mean, even just... you take out the seventy five yarder, and it's still a fantastic game. Yeah, hundred percent. On the other side of this one, and Stroud's monster performance for the Bucks, Rashad White's volume continued. Jay twenty carries, seventy three yards. He gets two touchdowns. As he always does, he adds in four catches for 46 yards. So the volume for Rashad White. And this is one you think. liked on the fantasy football pregame. Yeah, I did. And I do think it is poetic that even in Rashad White's awesome game, still 3.7 yards per carry because he seems doomed to be around that mark for eternity. But I think Rashad White is legitimately good. He was come, he was 16th uh, in PFF grade among running backs coming into this game. I assume that will probably go up after this. I just think that he's just as drawing dead with his line with the play calling and the lack of creativity just last year as well I uh, couldn't get anything done with Tom Brady as quarterback in terms of efficiency but he just he gets the volume he gives he gets the receptions which gives you a flaw and he's able to get into the end zone twice would you consider selling high on Rashad White here's his upcoming schedule home to Tennessee at San Francisco then at Indianapolis home to the Panthers so it's a, so. it's a kind of a mixed bag over the next four here but the next two in theory, have good run defenses. Although, uh, honestly, like, 
Steelers were able to run on Tennessee. They're not, it's not the same run defense that it was earlier in the season. Yeah, I think the thing with him is that coming into this, his previous two games, he had 13 receptions. I don't think he's going to be, you know, the Alvin Kamara of a couple of weeks ago where that is going on, and he's probably not going to score two touchdowns every week. The problem with Rashad White is that there's just a lot of scope for him to have games of 13 carries for 39 yards, two receptions, and just nothing. So, yeah, I probably would sell high given the right offer. Yeah. On the flip side, the scarcity of running backs with this volume he, 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 week by he, week. He gets volumes over yeah. the last three weeks. He's the seventh-best running back in fantasy. He's had at least four receptions for 45 yards in all three of those games. This is one of the points, Jay, you brought up on Fantasy Bowl pregame. When we were nervous about this matchup here against the Texans, we're like, oh, he's so inefficient. And you're like, yes, but the receiving does keep his, uh, keep his, you know, his floor high you know, he, he's more of a floor play than a ceiling play, even though he obviously is coming off this monster game. I think, I think we're sort of both right here, which is that you've seen his best game of the year, and if somebody's offering you a great deal, like, I wouldn't mind, quote, selling high, but I'm not actively shopping him because I do think there's enough volume there to keep him afloat as a, you know, usable RB2 because of the passing game work. Minimum of three receptions every single game since week one for Rashad White. Over with an NFC thriller, the Cowboys at the Eagles. The Eagles find a way to hold on in this game. Uh, Jay, you've talked about, it felt like a couple weeks ago, you're like, this is a big moment for Dak Prescott. And ever since you said that, Dak, for the most part, has played really well. I mean, the Cowboys were in this game in large part because of Dak. 29 of 44, 374 yards, the three touchdowns. He also ran six times, only 14 yards, but the Cowboys come up short. I will say that. I think Dak Prescott, his past three games, he's played at the level of basically the best quarterback in the NFL across those three games, and he was magnificent yesterday. The problem with Dak is that there is always a caveat. There is always a caveat with Dak where even though he plays magnificently, steps out of bounds on the two-point, takes a sack that he just absolutely cannot take. First and 10 from the 11. You've got four chances to throw it in the end zone. You cannot take a sack in that spot, and he does. And it's not like the pressure got there immediately either. So that was frustrating as someone who needed the Cowboys to win that game from a financial perspective. But Dak was fantastic to that point, and that is an elite passing offense. As you guys know, I'm not the biggest Dak fan in the world, but I will... tell you that I 100% agree with you like it's super weird I'm a commanders fan so I can't stand the Cowboys right just from a fandom standpoint but when I do my fantasy and betting analysis I'm I'm objective um but from a fandom standpoint like I was rooting for the Eagles because I'm just I'm I do not like the Cowboys right my two favorite teams are the commanders and whoever's playing the Cowboys but I will tell you that after the game all the like oh we took them down we beat all the Eagles like I'm like it literally three inches Right? I mean, so again, like, uh, Schoonermaker down on the, like, they call him down at the one-yard line on that touchdown, right? And then Dak out of bounds, you know, by, like, this much on the two-point conversion. Like, they got, I don't want to say they got lucky because Philadelphia It was a coin flip game and it it came up It was a coin flip game. um, And the Eagles, give the Eagles credit, they made the plays where they needed to to win. And they're a very good team as well. But, like, I wouldn't say you guys dominated that game. You know what I mean? Like... I mean, they, I don't know what the live money line was, but when Dallas got first and five on the six with 27 seconds left, Cowboys are favored to win that game at that point. You've got four chances to get it in, and then they have the false start, and then it all burns from right. that point. Right. But that, that was a coin flip. Yeah, it fell apart for them in that moment, but throughout the game, big Jake Ferguson week. He finishes as a, t- a tight end four. Also on the love list, again, start your tight ends against Philadelphia, especially Ferguson, somebody we talked about a lot on fantasy football pregame. Again, was in the love list as well because he's been getting so much red zone looks. This is not a fluke for Jake Ferguson at all. Um, you know, he is somebody who um, is his fourth different game this year. 
with multiple red zone targets. And you look at their upcoming schedule, right? Giants, Carolina, Washington, Seattle. Like, it's an awesome schedule. I mean, Ferguson's a, he, he enters Monday Night Football as the fourth best tight end in fantasy. Uh, since week nine, he's had a 23% target share. He is somebody that I think is a borderline top five fantasy tight end the rest of the way. Yep, no, I agree. And Dak was looking for him, except on the fourth down, uh, where he's wide open and he didn't look at him. He looked at Tolbert instead. But clearly, I think there's just something with Dak Prescott, just this style of play, or maybe it's the offense, just seems to lend itself really well to tight ends. The way that he would look for Dalton Schultz, 100%. the way he's now looking for Jake Ferguson. I mean, he, he's a locked-in starting tight end every week. CeeDee Lamb stays hot. Third straight game with 115-plus receiving yards. We've said it, guys, for this offense to go it needs to feature C.D. Lamb. But on the flip side, Tony Pollard just has not had that week, this it is feels a, this like. Is, this is a time. tough one. He's now had single-digit fantasy points in four of the past five, under 70 yards from scrimmage in four of the past five. Week one, that was the last time Tony Pollard scored a touchdown. Week one, he's like the Deontay Johnson of running backs. It's unbelievable because this is somebody who does get work in the red zone. Having said that again, Think about the schedule that I just read about Jake Ferguson because Tony Pollard is the same. Giants, Panthers, Washington, Seattle. Like, trade for Tony Pollard. I still believe in his talent here. I get it. Only 15 touches in this game in a game that was close, but the Eagles are a very good defense. I have to believe he's too talented, and this offense is, is working too well for Tony Pollard not ultimately to get his. I agree. And to me... To my eye, Tony Pollard looks fine athletically right. out there. I thought he was running well yesterday. Mm-hmm. I thought he was gaining extra yards. He just I don't understand why this Cowboys offensive line isn't better given the names, but it just seems like there's no space whatsoever. You think back to the meme stuff of the Eagles in week two against the Vikings where DeAndre Swift is basically walking through an empty supermarket to get yeah, to the yeah. end zone. There's none of that for Tony Pollard. It's all tough yards. He seems to grind it out. I think it will change because the, the talent is too much and the schedule is so welcoming. Again, maybe he's no longer a, quote, locked in, you know, the top five, top six running back that he was drafted to be. Um, maybe there's a Roto World magazine cover curse. I don't know. We haven't thought <laughs> yeah, about, I that. about that. I am glad I didn't choose him as my ride or die. He was on the list. He was pitched to me as being one of my ride or die finalists. Um, but I do think better days are ahead for Tony Pollard, who, again, even in a disappointing week, as we enter Monday Night Football, he's running back 24 of the week. I get it, right? That's not what you drafted him to be. There are four teams on a bye. I get it. But I'm just saying it's not like he's a total disaster. It's not like he's useless. He's just, you know, delivering below expectations. I think those start to rise up when I look at the schedule upcoming. And he did have one called back on the legal formation yep. where, according to the broadcast, the lineman just didn't report himself eligible. They need to change that rule. It's very annoying. It's almost the same thing. Because it's, it's literally like, I think, I think the rule is he literally has to go up yes. to the official and the say, hat. Like, hi. It's me, Matthew. I literally, I am eligible. Hello. So like, it's, it's a ridiculous like, thing in a football right, game. In a football game, like he has to literally go talk to the guy. Like they can't just like you know. Nobody has time for this. Right. What are we doing? Hello. Yeah. That I also don't understand the defensive pass interference from the one where you just keep doing it over and over again. That needs to change. <laughs> okay. And by the way, am I insane? I got people were giving me grief yes. on on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But am I insane? Am I insane for this? Mm. This specific take. Which is like uh, on the on the Scootermaker touchdown where they called him called him they called it a touchdown initially, and then they called him out. You know, and then they said no, his knee was down. I said I don't I don't understand that. And people were like, what don't you understand? He was he was down before he got the ball in the end zone. I said I, yeah, but I said in football, for it to be considered a reception, 
a receiver has to catch the ball and complete a football move. How many times have we seen a guy catch a ball, turn, ball gets knocked out, and they say incomplete? They don't say it's not a fumble, it's incomplete. So my point is, is that Schoonmaker completing the football move, like it's literally like bang, bang, right, in real time, and, he fought, you know, and he's in the end zone. And so why is that not a touchdown? Because, he, again, he, if the idea of a reception is it's catching the ball and completing a football move, why is that not that not a touchdown? Because once he's completed the football move, he's in the end zone. Another way to describe this is, is like, <laughs> hang on. No, I'm not done. I'm done serious here. Like, so you can, like, here's, like, I don't know if you can don't see this. Fall, can you Matthew. see that? I'm not Do going not to. Don't worry. Pull back. Pull back here Be for careful, a second. Be careful, Matthew. Quickly. All right, so you see this is, the, uh, this is the line of the stage, right? So, like, pretend this is, like, the end, this is a sideline of an end zone. And if I catch a ball like this, right, <laughs> and fall over, but I, that's a touchdown, yeah. right? Even though the ball has never actually been yes. inside the end zone, Correct. but my feet are both in, yeah. and I catch it. So I don't understand that. So that's a touchdown where the ball's never actually in the end zone, yep. right? And no, no, I'm with you. That's what I'm just – I don't understand the consistency of that logic, and I didn't explain myself super great on Twitter, but like or, – or X. But, like, does – Am I like? Am I, I think crazy the thing on this with one? All these catches, it just goes back. You need to just be in a bar and ask everyone: Is that a catch? Like Des Bryant against the Packers <laughs> right. was a that catch. Was a catch. Lee, e- Lee Evans for Baltimore against the Patriots. That's a catch yes. in the end zone. Like correct. Catch, you just know a catch when you see it. It just—it's only because that particular play got like if that play happens on the twenty, right? They're not saying like, oh no no, you're down now. It's the twenty-one. Yeah. But because that play got slowed down from eighteen different angles and saw and they, you know like like. I think Dallas got screwed, and I just think that that rule is inconsistent with the rest of That's how they the call a football yep. game. The inconsistency. Yep. Right. Was Tyreek Hills a catch in the Germany game? Was that backwards, though? Did he throw that backwards? Right. Maybe that's what it lateral. ends up as. I don't know what that was. It was yeah. very strange. <laughs> it was very strange. It hit the cool factor Between that, that you don't want to call back. Between the high knees on the run back, yeah. there's a lot going on. I, I'm just saying, in real time, we're all like, that's a touchdown. Yeah. And it's only because they yeah. – right. again, when he completed the football move, the ball was in the end zone. So, I, I don't know. One more note from this Dallas, game. Dallas, he got screwed. What can I tell you? Devontae Smith, only three catches, but the good news, a touchdown with the 51 yards. So, Devontae Smith, as much as our confidence has been dwindling on him, it's great to see him get in the end zone of that beautiful yep. throw from Jalen Hurts. little concerning only had the three targets. Right. Dallas got it, is going to miss some time, and so that will be a narrower target tree for A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith now. Sunday Night Football, Bills-Bengals. Of course, the Bengals continue to have the number of Buffalo here. T. Higgins, monster game, 8-9. Uh, caught eight of his nine targets, 110 yards. Why Jamar Chase has a more quiet game? He was, uh, T. Higgins, also on the love list this week. Also somebody we talked about in fantasy football pregame is saying, hey, this is going to be a T. Higgins game. This is somebody who's getting healthy. This is somebody who, in his four healthy games, had gotten over eight targets a game and that players that had gotten over eight targets a game against the Bills had scored well. We thought this was coming for T. Higgins. He was too talented for this not to happen here. So, look, since week nine uh, – Sorry, in week nine, he had a 21% target share, played 83% of the snaps, which is great. Since the Bengals had a bye, he's averaging over 15 fantasy points per game. Like, T. Higgins is back to being the T. Higgins you drafted. You're welcome, America. Joe Burrow looks right. Joe Burrow, FantasyLife.com investor. That was the, it was so tough for me last <laughs> night. A lot of people want to talk about, you know, winners, lose, that kind of stuff. No one's ever given me any credit because, like, I, you understand last night, Josh Allen, FantasyLife.com investor. Joe Burrow, FantasyLife.com investor. And, of course, Jamar Chase, FantasyLife.com investor. Yeah. So it's, it's tough for me. Like, my loyalties are split. I, had to, I was like Donna Choosing Kelsey. Between your children. Yeah. I was like, I'm like Donna Kelsey with the two jerseys, just, you know, without the publicist or a soup deal. Um, uh, factually correct, by the way. Donna Publi- no. Kelsey has a publicist. Um, well. So 
all jokes aside, um, I think T. Higgins, T. Higgins is back. Joe Burrow looks awesome. The Bengals look like the awesome. The only thing that's frustrating here is I, as I've spent like victory lap and back patting myself, my freaking parlay, my, my DraftKings <laughs> three-play parlay that I gave out on, on uh, Sunday Night Football did not hit. It's, I've been running so cold on this. I've hit, I've hit two legs in every parlay for like a month now. That's parlays. I, that's, well, that's how I know, Mr. King that's, makes his money. Yeah. I understand. That's why the crowd is his and that's, not yours I, I understand. That yes. is true. This is, this is why parlays are at such high odds and it's tough. But my point is, is like I had Dalton Kincaid over on the receptions. That hit in the first mm-hmm. quarter, right? I had Joe Burrow over one and a half touchdowns. Boom. That was easy, okay. like within the first three drives. And then I had Jamar Chase who's averaged over 117 receiving wow. yards since week four. I had him over on 88 and a half receiving yards. He drops the 60-yarder. Like, if, if Burrow yeah. hits him in stride, that's a touchdown, yeah. and it hits. There's a couple, he got eight targets. You know what I mean? Like, you're telling – They had the back as well. It, and he had two bad drops, and Burrow underthrew him on the one. And just – anyway. For those of you who tailed me on the DraftKings three-play – I'm sorry I screwed you up. But I will say Barry's bet, my best bet, was the over on Dalton Kincaid's receiving yards. Easy. That also crushed. An easy Easy. one there, Jay. He catches 10 of 11 targets for 81 yards. This is now 15-plus fantasy points in three straight games for Dalton Kincaid. Some of it, no more Dawson Knox, but also some of it, the Bills are just featuring their first-round pick in this pass-heavy offense. They are. The 11 personnel helps a ton. It seems like Diggs is getting more attention, so Kincaid... Allen's just looking for him. There's a trust. I hope the trust didn't erode because he had the fumble that right. effectively cost them the game. It was a tough hit. Was yeah. a tough hit. I didn't think there's much he could do about that. But, I mean, he's a locked-in, elite starting tight end option. Well, they're also, by the way, they're not running the ball. They, I mean, you know, they've, they've not running the ball They've never been able to run the ball with Josh Allen. No, it, I mean, it, like, every route but one. Don Kincaid ran a route on every single drop back yeah. but one. I mean, so he's just out there a ton. 34% target share. Don Kincaid, you know, again – Top six-ish, seven-ish tight end uh, the rest of the way. Their upcoming schedule is nice, too. Broncos, Jets, Eagles by Kansas City. Some tough defenses, but all defenses that you can throw that that struggle against the tight end. So Kincaid specifically has a nice matchup coming in. James Cook, again, single-digit fantasy points now in four of the past five games. He's Since week five, he's the 34th best running back on a points-per-game basis. Leonard Fournette can't get here soon enough. Like, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's him, whether it's the scheme, whatever it is, it's, they're, just, they're not running the ball effectively as an offense. They're fairly one-dimensional. Practice squad Lenny time. All right, moving over to – By the way, this part's crazy, too. The last thing I'll just say, and we'll see how the game plays out tonight between your Jets and the Chargers. But if the playoffs started today, like this moment, Bills are out. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, that's the crazy de- to think no, about. The defense is just broken. They've lost yeah. too many guys. It's just broken. They had no chance against Burrow last night. Uh, they're in trouble. They got a tough schedule as well. I think they have the hardest schedule remaining yeah, in football. They really do. Yeah. In the game that might be the storyline of the weekend, in hilarious fashion, Vikings, Falcons, Jaron Hall unfortunately gets hurt right down at the goal I'm line. Not, I'm, not, the I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not clapping I for kinda, that. I kind of set you up for yeah, doomsday you there. To be clear, I'm not happy I about Jaron Hall getting hurt. Yeah. I am happy about Josh Dobbs, my guy Josh Dobbs. I've talked about Josh Dobbs a lot on this show. One of my just favorite players in the NFL. In the seven years that I've been doing interviews of players at the NFLPA, rookie premier, Josh Dobbs is one of my top five of all time. Like, again, I interviewed 40 to 45 kids every year for seven years, and Josh Dobbs to this day is one of my all-time favorites. Just an awesome, awesome human being. He comes into this game. He got there a couple of days ago. You guys all know the story. 
Uh, Jaron Hall gets hurt. Again, not applauding that. Very sad about that. That sucks. <laughs> Feel bad for the kid. His first NFL start. That's brutal. Uh, but uh, but Josh Dobbs, it opens this up, right? 158 passing yards. He, he throws two touch, uh, passing touchdowns. He runs for 66 yards and runs the touchdown. He did have two losses. He did take a safety. But, again, like, he didn't know his guys' names. Like, again, look at this. This is crazy. This is video right now for those of you that are only listening. We have video of Dobbs going through his cadence with the line just before he goes to the game. Like, they're practicing, and he's just like, I don't know the plays. Uh, Kevin Seifert was talking about this after the game. Uh, covers the Vikings, among other teams, for ESPN. Kevin Seifert was talking about the fact that Dobbs was saying, like, yeah, he didn't even know the full names of all the players on his team. Uh, Josh Dobbs drinks free, not only today, but, you know, rest of the season. Um, and he would be like, he'd be in the huddle being like, okay, what do I have on my right side with this play? Yeah, they're, like, they're, like, the they're, they're, they're explaining to him, like, okay, here's what's going on here. I'm going to run and go. This guy, I mean, like. Backyard style. I mean, it literally was backyard style. It's one of the most incredible games of football I've ever seen. Because Dobbs' first two drives, he takes a safety, and then he gets strip sack, turnover, in, deep in his own territory. And then, I mean, you mentioned last week with Kevin O'Connell, coach of the year at 60 yeah. to 1. That's a great call because I think this guy should be the favorite for this award after what happened yesterday. The fact that he was able to get Dobbs through that game. By the way, they've gone 4-0 with Justin Jefferson on IR. Christian yeah. Darasol wasn't out there yesterday. Marcus Davenport's on IR. Kirk Cousins is obviously gone. And the stories after the game, Alec Lewis at The Athletic, he did a great job of reporting this, but they were basically, they were trying to get to the line of scrimmage quicker and go faster with their offense so that uh, Kevin O'Connell would have more time to talk into Josh Dobbs' headset and tell him what he's going to see at the line of scrimmage. Here's what's on your left, Josh. Here's what's on your right. Here's what to expect. Here's what we need to do. And in the NFL, the headset, it goes dead at 15 seconds right. on the play clock. And so Kevin O'Connell has got from 40 to 15 to tell Josh Dobbs what he's going to see and to win that game against an Atlanta team that, look, Atlanta's not a great team, but they're a real NFL team that's in the yeah. mix to win their division. With a good defense. Yeah, a and, veterans and they, on that defense. They desperately needed to win that game. And the fact that the Vikings pulled that out, they drove down the field to win it at the end. One of the most incredible wins I've ever seen. That the fourth and seven, I think it was fourth and seven. The fourth and seven yeah. play where Dobbs is like, you don't remind me of, that reminded me of Eli Manning and David Tyree. Yes. Where you're just like, how did he get out of that? What are you, like, it, game's Edition, over if yeah. he goes down in that game. And, that, and, and somehow he just, he spins and he spins and he runs and he somehow gets out of like three different tackles. And then he just, he's off to the races and then he just runs. And it's like, it's an unbelievable play. And that, the first thing I thought of was Eli Manning and D yeah. David Tyree in the Super Bowl. His legs are so strong. He's so athletic. He kind of reminds me of Colin Kaepernick with the upright running style. And also, he throws a really crisp ball. He doesn't feel pressure right all the time. He's not a perfect quarterback, clearly. But uh, they're going to be a dangerous team with him the rest of the way. Saints at Denver, home to Chicago, then a bye, then at Las Vegas. Yeah. Again, they can make like, a run. I mean, uh, other than the Saints team, and, and Broncos have been playing better. Give, give Broncos credit. They've been playing. But, like, my point is, is, like, even if they, they're five and four now, let's say they split New Orleans and Denver, which I think is very doable, right? Yeah. I mean, so now they're six and five. Chicago and Vegas, those both should be wins. Now you're at eight and five, and you've got a buy in between, and you've got Jefferson coming back again. Yeah. Thank you very much, Kevin O'Connell. He's probably no longer 60 to one on, uh, we'll see when we he's do our. He's still 25 to one, and he should be close to the favorite. Honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, like it. But it's a great story because Josh Dobbs is truly one of the good guys in the NFL, and you've heard that. I'm telling you that, but you heard that from you've heard that from teammates, all the teams he's played for, you've coaches, you know, like everyone that that 
If you've met Josh Dobbs, you're like, I get it. Like, he is just, he is that dude. He's just an awesome human being, and it's a great story for him. And I think what's exciting, just to spin this forward very quickly for fantasy, if you have TJ Hawkinson, if you have Jordan Addison, um, you are excited about, um, you are excited about this. And honestly, you were excited to an extent about Alexander Madison, because we're going to get here to our injuries in a second, but Cam Akers, unfortunately, this one looked bad for Cam Akers, so you would expect Madison to get more of the workload uh, in a what should be a better offense moving forward. And then when you get Jefferson back, you feel good about that because I think there's a lot more reason and optimism that Jefferson will be back sooner rather than later now that Dobbs has them headed towards the playoffs. Yep. Last one on this game, Connor. Bijan Robinson, 11 carries for 52 yards. Tyler Algier gets all the work down the end. Do you think it's ever going to change for Bijan, or is this just the offense that's going to be 50-50? There's just no exp- – no, I think this is it right yeah. now. I mean, Arthur Smith is the most stubborn man the NFL has seen in quite some it, time, and this yeah, is what he does with top ten picks, honestly. He was asked about it after the game, and he was talking about, like, oh, we're running the hot hand, everything like that. I mean, Tyler Jill's averaging under four yards a carry, and I get it. Bijan Robinson had a bad fumble. I hear you. But it's, I put this out on Twitter, and it's very simple. I, I, could, I could spend the next 20 minutes bashing Arthur Smith. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say this. It is very simple. It is one of two things. Either Bijan Robinson isn't the best player in your locker room at the running back position. And if he's not, and if he's not one of the best players on offense that you have on the team, then it is a massive, massive miscalculation of draft capital. You used a top eight overall pick on a running back in a league where running backs are fairly devalued. So for you to use a top eight pick on a running back, you have to believe he is truly special. And I think most people that watch football believe Bijan Robinson is truly special. But if you guys don't think he's truly special, then it's a massive miscalculation uh, with draft capital. And if you do agree with the rest of us that he is truly special, then it's a massive miscalculation on your coaching. And I understand Taylor Heineke also had some picks as well. But you know what? One of the reasons why the Falcons lost that game is they didn't have their best players on the field at all times. I'm sorry. It's Agreed. a pattern. Oh, it's great. a pattern. It makes no sense whatsoever. And this isn't a fantasy discussion. And Arthur Smith can be like, oh, boo-hoo, you little fantasy guys. Sorry, we, we blew up your parlay or whatever. It's not that, man. It's, it's an NFL they lost, thing. They lost you the guys NFL, lost yeah. a game yes. that you needed to win against a guy that had been there less than three days. Yeah. Less than three days. <laughs> you somehow lost that game. He turned the ball over twice. Yeah. He gave you a safety. He's been there less than three days. It's unbelievable. You oh, guys are supposedly a playoff team. Go and you played against a, 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 a fifth-round rookie and then his backup, who had literally been there less than three days. Yep. And you did it. One of the reasons you did it is because you had your best players on the bench. And, again, if they're not your best players, then I don't know what you're doing in the NFL draft. There's a massive screw-up somewhere in the organization, whether it was at the draft or currently on the, on the sidelines. Agreed. All right. I just I and a, I feel bad for, I feel bad for Falcons fans. We like Falcons too. fans. Like I like to give Lawrence yeah, grief, but Lawrence fuck. is one of our buddies. We love Lawrence, and he's a don't tell Lawrence that we like to give him grief. But like you know what I mean? Like in all seriousness, like my friends that are Falcons fans, I feel so terrible for. Like it's uh, it's so frustrating. Our last game, Seahawks. Sorry, Stephen. I, I think we're over on time. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. We're already it's off okay. the air. Show's over. Yeah, the show's over. We're just gonna keep doing <laughs> yeah, this anyway. The Ravens look like an absolute wagon right now, Jay, and the crazy part is they don't even need an insane performance from Lamar Jackson to do that. He's efficient, 21-26, 187 yards. He adds in the 60 yards rushing, uh, but this is a team that can run the ball and play defense as yeah. well. I think the story was Keaton Mitchell, who goes yeah. 9 for 138 in the touchdown, champion of Michael Smith's Matthew, uh, and he's now an interesting piece in this offense. It's just amazing this team can be on cruise control and can beat a playoff team 37-3. to 3. Yeah, It's so funny, though, because you know Lamar Jackson plays very efficiently, 
Ravens put up 30 points, and then you're looking like he's like QB 17. Yeah, like right. he put, I mean, it's single-digit fantasy points once again for Lamar Jackson. As we ended in Monday Night Football, he's the 17th best uh, quarterback in fantasy. Like, he's QB 17. He's had back-to-back games now with under 12 fantasy points. He's been below 18 points in four of the past five, which is not what you drafted Lamar Jackson to be. It's fourth game this year without a touchdown passes. He had only three such games. He's only had three games this year with multiple touchdown passes. Like, it and he put something on Instagram, like, I, you know, fantasy players are mad at me or something like that. I'm sorry. Same you know, answer. like, it, which is a nice nod and fun of Lamar, but it doesn't change the fact that, like, we're getting no production from one of the best players in the NFL. This schedule is brutal the rest of the way. He's going to start throwing more. Yeah, he's, I he's hope got so. the Browns coming up as well. I hope so. so. Last thing here very quickly in this game is Keaton Mitchell had a very nine for 130 and a touchdown. Most of it came in the second half, but he had four touches in the first half. Same number as Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. We'll get more into Keaton Mitchell tomorrow on waivers, but I think that was, this was notable. This is somebody that we've been talking a lot about as kind of a stash, and it was nice to see sort of a coming out party, even though the big run came when the game was out of hand. They're thunder and lightning. Yeah, they're the, thunder the and lightning, yes. Mitchell. That's going to be the case with them. Here's the injuries we're tracking out of the weekend. Really unfortunate news for Daniel Jones. He comes back clear for contact, and he has a torn ACL. Daniel Jones will be out the rest of the year. Christian Watson dealing with chest, back, and head injuries. Injuries just piling up for him. With Dallas Goddard, uh, the forearm, he's expected to have surgery. He's going to miss around four weeks. That's not a season ender. As you see Cam Akers down there, that's not the same Achilles he already tore. That's the other Achilles. You feel really bad for Cam Akers right now. You also have K.J. Osborne, that brutal hit. He's dealing with a head injury. Kendra Miller with the ankle. Jaron Hall with another brutal tackle with a head injury there. And I did miss Josh Downs while going through these. He left with a knee injury. Yeah, that's a concern. He went in questionable. He did get the start, but he left early. So that's a tough one with Downs. Obviously, Jones and Akers, their season's over. We'll talk about the replacement for all these guys tomorrow on the Waiver Wire Show. When we come back... Potentially more Arthur Smith fashion. Yeah, with some weekend warriors and Sunday scaries, which is very Arthur Smith-esque. Yes. I'm going to be wrong on Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was on my hate list this week, but Matt LaFleur, after I wrote the article, and I'm going to take full credit for this, even though I don't believe Matt LaFleur actually reads Love Hate. I'm going to take credit for this. He came out and said, actually, we need to get Aaron Jones more involved. Uh, training wheels are off, full steam ahead. We've got to ride and we've got to use them. And so you think about the uh, the Rams defense, which is the bottom 12 run defense of the last four weeks. I think that Aaron Jones, they need to get something going with the Packers. I think he gets a big workload today, apparently fully healthy. I was going, I'm going to be wrong on Aaron Jones. Big day coming for Aaron Jones. Hey, social team, please tweet that out for me as well. Weekend Warriors, it's better to kick off with, Barry, than Aaron Jones. 20 carries, 70 now, I, want you, I want you guys to pay attention. Jay, take notes on this because here's <laughs> what I'm about to do. Handwritten notes. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys saw what I did there. So my love-hate article came out on Thursday, and Aaron Jones was on it. He was a hate. But then yesterday, as for my shot for shot, my shot was one of my shots in terms of sort of my – it's kind of a little bit of a bold call or guarantee, kind of what, what some things you're saying this is going to happen. One of my shots was, as you just heard the audio of that from Fantasy Football Pregame Sunday morning, is that I was going to be wrong on Aaron Jones and that a big game was coming. Well, what happens, Aaron Jones, as we enter Monday Night Football, he's the sixth best running back in fantasy, 17.9 fantasy points, 24 touches, his most since week 10 of last season, played 57% of the snaps, that's a season high. He had a 16.5% target share he has over the last three weeks, at least five more targets. Aaron Jones was freed, and these are the kind of things that happen when Aaron Jones is freed. So, yes... I am victory lapping my reversal of a bad call. That's like so me it's and just, Michael Thomas. Yeah, it's very. It's, 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 I have 
I, I, uh, I walked back my bad call, and I'm now victoring back. I'm now victory lapping my walk back of what was initially an awful call. Fantasy so, insurance. Fantasy insurance. So yes, if somebody just read my love hate, they'd be like, "This a hole, Barry." But no, 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 no. <laughs> because I tweeted it out, and I, I like I got it in before the deadline. I, I reversed yeah. course on fantasy football pregame, and then I also tweeted that out. So there you go. They, I mean, like you have to consume it, all your content to properly right. judge. Thank don't you. Miss a day. Exactly. You can't Things miss a day or no. even a moment. And so, yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, I'm not allowed to get crap for that one. Yeah. There you go. So, just <laughs> that's the kind of gymnastics you need to do in the fantasy in this outs. game. Same multiple outs. This exactly. Just always, yeah. Find yourself a, a way to pivot <laughs> yes. at all times. So there you go. God bless. I'm like, a, I'm like a, you know, I'm like Mary Lou Retton over here with my gymnast, you know, my gymnastics. <laughs> right. Good <laughs> hip reference too. Yeah, it's a reference from 1938. Yeah. I was I was trying to think of like a. That's more reference. I was trying to think of like a. That was the first gymnast that came to Who's mind. Who's the old person you referenced the other day? Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Methuselah. Methuselah, yeah, that was it. Mephistopheles. Yeah. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is I was right on Aaron Jones. Free Aaron yeah, Jones. That's right. All right, Jay, how about Amari Cooper? He catches all five of his targets. Most importantly, 139 yards and a touchdown in Deshaun Watson's return for the Browns. Yeah, it doesn't matter who his quarterback is, Deshaun Watson or P.J. Walker. I think the most encouraging thing for Amari Cooper is that Deshaun Watson, physically, he looked right to me. He looked like he was the guy who was playing against Tennessee. It wasn't always pretty, but athletically, he looked like he was there. He had an elite PFF grade yesterday, Deshaun Watson, and that bodes well going into a matchup against Baltimore, which looked like it could just be an absolute housing. But now I think Cleveland are very live in that matchup with Deshaun and Amari Cooper looking like they do. Over for the Patriots, Matthew Ramondre Stevenson. Only nine carries, but 87 yards. He had a big run. He has the touchdown. He also catches four passes of 42 yards. And a good schedule ahead for Ramondre Stevenson. Showing some life. Yeah, they play, listen, it helps that he played my commanders, my awful commanders defense. Uh, but, and they play the Colts next week. That's the Germany game. And then they're on a bye. They come back, though, Giants, and then the Chargers at home, which is a tough one. I think, to me, the positives about Ramondre Stevenson is, like, he had the big run up the middle. That's not something you expect every single week. But he's had at least 14 fantasy points in three of his past four games. And I think part of the reason why is, is they've started to finally get him back involved in the passing game. Remember, that was something that was just missing early in the season. But over the last four weeks, he's got a 16.5% target share. He's had at least four receptions in three out of four games. So the fact is, is that Stevenson, with 14 or more fantasy points in three of the past four, back on the RB2 uh, radar there as well. And again, you like the matchup uh, with Colts and Giants the next two with a bye in between those. Jay, Cole Komet comes in as tight end two. Most importantly, caught two touchdowns in this game. Cole Komet stays hot. 18 targets for Cole the past two weeks. And uh, he looks like he's established a rapport with Tyson Bajan the past two weeks. Clearly, we'll see what happens. Looks like Justin Fields is probably going to play on Thursday night against the Panthers. We'll see there. But Cole Komet uh, at a position which is always lacking, uh, is a viable starting option. top five moment. names this week for tight end? <laughs> um, I, actually, I actually called that in that order. Dalton Schultz. I pl- this, is, this is dead serious. I played against somebody in, in a, a Superplex league that's tight end premium scoring. So you get a point and a half per reception. Somebody started, it's a deep league, but somebody started Cole Komet, Kate Otten, and Jonu Smith against me. <laughs> I swear to God. Top five all three ends. of them. And I'm like, oh, this, this, and that, you know, anyway, they, they boat raced me, as you might imagine. Uh, 
slaughtered by Janu. I mean, I mean, and Kane, I mean, it's like one what thing. What a way to die! It's one, I mean, right, exactly. What a way to die! It's one of those things <laughs> where you're like Scott Fishbowl. It sounds like <laughs> it is Scott Fishbowl. Yeah. It, like I am most points against Scott Fish. My Scott Fishbowl team is a disaster. I am most points against <laughs> in this league. Like I'm just every week I put up 200 points, and every week the team I'm playing puts up 270. And I'm like, again, I swear to God, this Scott Fishbowl opponent I had this week uh, had Kate Otten. <laughs> Johnu Smith and uh, and and uh, not Jake Ferguson. The, Dalton, the, Schultz. Dalton Schultz. No, Same not Dalton player. Schultz. The other, uh, the, the other, the, the more obscure one. Um, uh, I don't know. Whoever the list was, I don't know. But it, yeah, it was it was Kate Otten, Johnu Smith, and um, yeah, somebody else. It was <laughs> stupid. Um, where you're just like, what are you gonna do? Um, here's the thing about Komet, though. It's his fourth game this year with 15 or more fantasy points. I don't think he has quite the connection with fields that he does with uh, Bajent. But it does feel like he's getting there. Here's the weird thing. Buddy of mine texted me before the morning, Sunday morning. He said, hey, Jake Ferguson or Cole Komet? And I was like, like Ferguson, easy. Like, how's this even a conversation? Yeah. Saints are pretty good against the tight end. You kn- Ferguson was on my love list. Eagles yeah. brutal against the tight end. It's Ferguson. It's clear. And then, then I see Cole Komet get too tight. I'm like, oh, God, did I just, you know, luckily. <laughs> Ferguson Ferguson, great. Ferguson had a great game, and my buddy won his game anyway. So it worked out. So thank you. Our anyway. final one here, Josh Jacobs, 26 carries, 98 yards. But Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs, Jay, continues to get in the end zone. He has the two touchdowns yeah. against a Giants team that looked completely defeated. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just a complete mess of a game. Uh, and we'll get into the Giants offense at a later point. But Josh Jacobs, he's looked more explosive to me the past two weeks. He still hasn't gone to 100 rushing yards on the season. He did win the rushing title last year, so we'd like to see more yardage. Still only 3.8 yards per carry, but... He's going to get end zone carries, particularly with Aiden O'Connell as his quarterback. Moving over to the Sunday scaries, and we stay with the Raiders because of for all the good for Josh Jacobs. The same can't be said for Devontae Adams. He catches four of seven targets for 34 yards, and the reality is right now, Barry, Devontae Adams is probably hoping October was behind him, but this November has been bad as well. Yeah, look... It's been a tough six-week stretch almost for Devontae Adams right now. He's had under 50 receiving yards in four out of five games. The past four out of five, he's been under 50 receiving yards. Since week five, he's wide receiver 63 in fantasy points per game. He's averaging 7.1. Devontae Adams, the great Devontae Adams. Do you know Devontae Adams has two different Taco Bells in his house? (laughs) And, like, you don't get that if you're not an elite wide receiver in the NFL. Good. You got to be pretty good. touchdowns. I mean, right, kind of, of course. I'm not a thousand percent. He's got two of them. I don't even he's have got, one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> neither do I because we're not elite NFL wide receivers. Yeah. Well, he's not anymore either. Yeah. They might take one of the Taco Bells back. lose the license. Anyway, no, that's part of the commercial campaign. But it's brutal. I mean, here's a positive. With Aiden O'Connell this season, he's at a 27% target share. You have to figure better days are ahead. Although, I will tell you, they play the Jets next week on yeah. Sunday Night Football. He'll be on the Jets he, next year, by right the way. I, I know. They <laughs> yeah. tried to trade yes. for him. They yes. tried to trade for him. That report came out yesterday. They tried to trade for him the other day. It was unbelievable that nobody can start the on the Raiders. They're all fired. Uh, yeah, I mean, literally. Don't get me started on the Raiders. But uh, but they're going to play the Jets, so he's going to see DJ Reed and, and, and Sauce Gardner. Then he's got, then he's at Miami. You'll probably see some Jalen Ramsey there. Then he's home to Kansas City. That I mean, Chiefs have played really good defense. Yep. They just slowed down Tyreek and Waddle like. Uh, so I want to say better days are ahead for Devontae Adams, but better days are ahead only because, like, he's wide receiver 63 over the last four weeks. Like, he can't get worse, but the idea that he's going to be the top five or six guy you drafted him to be, I think that's out the window for the next foreseeable future. I think he's, he's wide receiver two status now. Like, you have to Pretty downgrade great. him in a big way. It's brutal. 
Massive ripple effect for Matthew Stafford not playing for the Rams. Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua J couldn't get anything going with Brett Rippon under center. Yeah, I'm happy to throw this game out right, for those absolutely. two guys. It's Brett Rippon. Looks like Matthew Stafford may be back after the bye. Those mm-hmm. two will be fine. Also, Christian Watson in that game, just the one catch for 37 yards. He's banged up as well. I know the Packers won. Their offense still doesn't look good. He's always hurt. It's yeah. a shame. Yeah. You root for Christian Watson. Watson's had hurt. under 40 yards in four out of five games so far this season. He's played. He's had under 12 fantasy points in every game this year. He's averaging seven points eight fantasy points per game. When we do our waivers tomorrow, Christian Watson, welcome to Dunsville, population you. I'm sorry. I feel wow. bad about that. Are you starting Christian Watson anytime in the near future? Here's our upcoming schedule. At Pittsburgh, home to the Chargers. At Detroit, home to Kansas City. Maybe home to the Chargers is the only decent matchup of those three. But, like, again, there's Maybe say more from Jordan it, Love first. Right. You, you're, if you're starting Christian Watson anytime in the next month, it's because remember how good he was last year? That's all you have to hang your hat on because nothing this year about his performance or the Packers offense gives you like excitement about his potential uh, in there. Aaron Jones is the only guy I trust in the Packers offense. So though Luke Musgrave, my guy Luke Musgrave, did have a nice game. It was good to see him as well. Finally, last uh, guy in the Sunday Scaries here, Jay. Your buddy, Michael Thomas. My, he's my Connor's buddy now. Uh, yeah, okay. So the guy has no catches yeah, in a game? Connor's man, Michael Thomas. MT. Yeah, we'll get, out, we'll get out of this one real quick. We will, we'll spare you. We're going to break when we're it's back. It's his first career game without a reception, Michael Thomas. He, he had receptions for every game, and then Jay Croucher gets on him, puts him as his poster guy, and he has his first game without a reception. It's brutal. Like, the curse of Jay is real. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It is time for last call. We are looking at the most bet Monday Night Football props on DraftKings, starting with Brees Hall's receiving yards over 17.5. I do side with the public on that one. Austin Eckler receiving yards also over 29.5. Brees Hall receptions over two and a half. Justin Herbert interceptions thrown over a half. So you just got to throw one. A lot of Brees Hall on this list. Brees Hall rushing yards over 56 and a half. Jay, where are you leaning in this one? Going with Justin Herbert's over passing yards at 253 and a half. The Jets have an elite defense, both against the pass and against the run, but particularly against the run. And I don't trust the Chargers run game either. I think that they will be able to move the ball through the air. Also, I don't think the Jets are going to have much time of possession in this game, just because I think the Chargers will bottle up Brees Hall. So it'll be the Chargers with the ball, Herbert throwing. He goes over 253 and a half. What are you looking at, Matthew? Give me the Jets plus three and a half. First up, just on a dumb sort of thing. Jets are four and three. Chargers are three and four. You've got a winning team at home in prime time on Monday Night Football, and they're getting points. I'll take those points. Jets, I feel like because we, that so much has been made about Jack Wilson's struggles, they just I feel like they get disrespected by the public. But the last four: Kansas City, Philadelphia, Denver, the Giants. They have covered or pushed in each of those four games. They're 3-0-1 against the spread over the last four, and they have a top-five defense going against a Charger team that has no Josh Palmer, no Mike Williams, banged up on offense as well. They're at home. Give me three, and they're getting three and a half? Give me the Jets to cover at home tonight. I'm looking at a Jets bet as well. I'm going Bryce Huff total sacks over point two five. This is plus 185. He texted me yeah. this before I, the game, and it covered on the first play. First, first series yeah. of the game. Yeah. He's had a sack oh, in his last three games. Oh, part of the private text chain that I'm not part of. Got it understood. Sack in his last three games. I don't understand why this is plus 185. I bet before kickoff it's all the way down to plus 120. The same thing happened last week. He will have a sack. I think it will happen in the first half. Bryce Huff <laughs> gets a sack. Okay. I, I like that. I think there's a good chance your Jets win. Be honest confident? with you. 
You're not looking comfortable. It's weird. It's a weird one where it's like Justin Herbert versus Zach Wilson. Yeah. But you think of what they've done to all the good quarterbacks this year. He, a guy that holds the ball a little bit at times as well. They feasted on that. They should have beaten Patrick Mahomes, at, and should they're have. a better team sure. than when they played the Chiefs sure. at home. No, tra- no Taylor Swift in the stands tonight to mm. help out the Chargers. West Coast team traveling east. Big primetime game and a must-win for the Chargers. Brandon Staley coaching. What could go wrong? That's. The Chargers like the, have found ways to lose games this I like year. The, the Jets have found ways to win. I like the Chargers. I the Chargers. I will say the Jets close. Listen, it's closing time, which means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here for Jay, Connor, and myself. Josh Dobbs drinks free. Let's go Jets tonight. Peace out. <laughs>